This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. Time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. It's a nice end of the day as we're doing this recording. Um, and it looks like and feels like spring. So <laughs> I am so confused. <laughs> It's February 23rd, we're recording this, and I feel like it's March 31st or something. I'm you and the, for the daffodils to pop. I, I was just going to say, you're confused, the birds are confused, the daffodils are confused, <laughs> everybody's confused. What and the crocuses. Yeah, if you start seeing the crocuses in your front yard, you better let me know, because that's scary, scary business. Mm-hmm. I know. Oh, mm-hmm. boy. So, how was your week? My week was good. How about yours? Mine was good. Um, Did a lot of fun things this week. Um, Things that I had an extension into Monday because of the holiday. That I had uh, my stepson and his wife and their daughter at the lake for a three-day weekend. And um, we went to, on Saturday night, we went to um, the Boathouse, which is one of Tyler's favorite places. And I mentioned to him that uh, Joni Gluver and I and Patrick were at the same place a week earlier on Super Bowl weekend. And I noticed a significant number of changes in the menu and then just a couple things, and there was kind of like a warning that they posted outside um, of the front doors, letting people know that there was a change in management, and that they hoped that everybody would bear with them through this transition. So I was a little bit concerned about what would stay on the menu. And one of the things that I was most concerned about was one of Tyler's favorite things, which is the pork mignon. And lo and behold, it was there on the menu. But that week before, none of us ordered it because it was not particularly something that we wanted. But last weekend, when we were there with him, 
he ordered it, and I am pleased to say that it tasted exactly like it did before, up to his standards. And so, hooray for pork mignon. It, it survived um, whatever the elimination process was. So, that's new things on the menu um, and some standards that uh, I guess are going to stay. But uh, I can certainly tell they are short-handed and short-staffed. And it was a struggle for everybody to get the work done. But, boy, I'll tell you, the people that work there, the wait staff there, they were flying around. And very good, very, very good for what they had to do. So I'm looking forward to whatever is the new change in management. But it is the same, uh, the people that originally were the ones that uh, opened and, and ran the restaurant at uh, Tanglewood, which is uh, a big development up there around the lake. And so their property, I want to say it was uh, a year ago in January, burned to the ground on a Sunday night. No. Um, and so... I, I guess there is now, <clears throat> excuse me, a new something that's there because there was a, a placard that was down near the road on Route 507. They called it the O&G Grill or something. I'm not sure what that means. I don't know if they rebuilt the whole thing. I don't know if it's just, a you know, a trailer kind of thing. I have no idea. We didn't go up there. But it's the same people that were running that that bought the boathouse and, and are running it now. And if that holds true to what they were before, the food was excellent and um, the service was fabulous. You really, you had to get a reservation at least a week in advance in order to be able to eat at the Tanglewood Golf Club. So I'm hoping that that's what continues because certainly on that side of the lake, there aren't that many places to go to eat. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's a good thing. It, it's it's good to have some choices and hooray. So we all had a good time Saturday night. And on Sunday, um, we cooked some stuff at the, at the house and, um, on Monday, everybody just packed up and left. So it was a nice, nice time. And my Calvin was so happy to be outside and walking around in the, in the, all the good stuff and good smells that he could find. Well, he just boy. loves being there. He does. He loves being there. It's a good thing. So we had a good weekend. I have to say it was a good one. Well, and I, I wanted to report something that, um, that I, I, following up on, that I mentioned I was going to do, and I said a couple of weeks ago that I was going to try to be more spontaneous this year than I have been in the past. And generally speaking, when I think of doing something that's a little out of the ordinary, uh, the committee in my head usually starts with their, yeah, but you don't really want to do that because blah, 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 blah. Well, this time I caught myself. And I, on Monday, I was reading the newspaper, and I noticed there was a little ad for Krispy Kreme donuts 
that they were going to start offering during uh, Mardi Gras, which would have been Tuesday of this week, uh, a certain kind of donut that was using the ingredients of a cookie that's generally served on air, on on the plane, I guess, in the air, um, for the United, uh, is that what the current one is? What's the one that flies out out of uh, Avoca? I don't know, whatever it is. I can't remember which one it is, but whatever it is, that one is the one that always serves these cookies. And there's two of them in a package, and they're called Biscott, B-I-S-C-O-T-T. And they have a very distinct type of um, cinnamony and butterscotch type flavor. So I see that Krispy Kreme is a special order type thing, making these donuts that have the same ingredients on them or in them for Lent. For, the, uh, for Mardi Gras. So I was out on Tuesday. I did a couple errands. And I went by the Krispy Kreme place. And I did the old, you know, don't go in there because you don't really need that. <laughs> so I drove by. I did my thing. I don't know where I went, somewhere, Ocean Show or whatever. And on the way back, I said, I am stopping. And I am going to get two, at least two, of these things in the vein of being spontaneous. So indeed I did. I pulled in and I said, I'm not going to go through the drive-thru. I'm going to go in because I think I've only been in there once since they've opened. And I got a small decaffeinated uh, coffee and I got six donuts. And four of them were with this stuff on it, this biscuit thing, and two of them were regular donuts that had chocolate on the top and sprinkles. And I said, okay. So I brought them back out, I put them in the car, and I just inhaled two of them. And, <laughs> and, and the decaf coffee that they make there is incredibly good. Really rich coffee. So... I drove home and I thought this is this was fun. I actually did something that I know I probably could have talked myself out of um, for the what's right and what's holy and all that good stuff. But then I just got back with it. It was it was fun. I really enjoyed it, and I was so proud of myself that I did something spontaneously. So we have to put that one down in the books. There you go. Yes. So then uh, Wednesday was Lent, and it was a horrible day. Did you get to the church? Yes, I got to Mass and got my ashes at 5.30 at the uh, cathedral last night. So, yes, it was very, very I got there. That was the first time that I've been in the cathedral. I I hate to tell you this, since um, March 16th of 2020. Oh. I have not been oh. there. Um, well, I've only everything shut down, right? I've gone to three funerals mm-hmm. um, since um, to both of my brothers-in-law, and um, 
um, two of mine, my sister's husband and my ex-husband's brother, and um, my one of my best friend's moms. That's, that's it. I go to church online. I still do. And I will go because Lent starts and I do, um, you know, I do my uh, um, everyday mass for Lent. So I will be doing that online except for yesterday yes. because I was in person. So I will be doing that, yes. So when do you do it? It depends. You can do it any time. So it just depends on most of the time I do it at night. When I could be just doing something else or relaxing, I tap into the cathedral's website and I go online and I do it that way. And there's a lot of times it's late at night. You know, it could be I could go to bed later and I'm... Um, Doing my thing, but I do it because that's what you do. Yeah. You commit to it. Mm -hmm. so that's and you're it. good at holding your commitments to things. Yep. Got to say, you are. Yep. Mm -hmm. Go on trying. Keep on going. Yeah. One day and 39 more to go. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. All righty then. Okay. So then we're going. I guess we're taking a quick break, and we'll be back yeah. with uh, Leah Jenna Copeless, and then we have Donna Kane after that. So we have a, a, a fun uh, show here. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Laurie and Lynn's show. Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from WILK's Morning News, and I know Laurie Cadden. A lot of people know Laurie Cadden. And more importantly, Laurie Cadden knows a lot of people. Laurie Cadden Enterprises specializes in fundraising, public relations, and special events. Laurie Cadden can take your business or organization to the next level. This isn't something that you learn about in a book. Heck, it can't even be taught. Laurie Cadden lives it. She knows how to work a crowd, open doors, and build and nurture relationships. With Laurie Cadden Enterprises, you get, ta-da, Laurie Cadden and her 20-plus years of experience. Call Laurie today at 357-8399, 357-8399, or email Laurie, Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at lauriecadden.com, L-A-U-R-I-E-C-A-D-D-E-N.com. Laurie Cadden Enterprises, because it is who you know. I'm Dr. Nicole DeNova. Since VREC opened its doors in 2010, we've treated over 30,000 patients, including the puppy whose curiosity led him to a porcupine and the police canine who was just doing his job. VREC is located at 318 Northern Boulevard in Clark Summit and is open 24-7 for your pet peace of mind. To learn more about us, visit VRECPA.com or call 570-587-7777. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Hi, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans, and I am the managing director and uh, certified financial planner with Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And joining us today is Leah Jenna Copeless, who is a realtor with ERA One Source Realty. 
ERA has about 100 agents or so. They have about six to seven offices in 10 counties and going strong. And Leah is going to tell us a little bit about some of the dilemmas we face here because <laughs> the demand for inventory, the demand for housing, the demand for renters who want to buy is up. And Leah, what a rip is what's to what's going on here. Let it rip, yeah. So, I mean, how about this weather we've been having? I mean, what a February, Uh right? Yep. Weird. But that's causing spring fever for everybody. And now all these people want to buy, 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 and we have nothing for them to buy. So, you know, we're back to a historically low inventory issue again with the fact that, you know, rates obviously have gone up. So, you know, that's one thing with people don't want to move out of their house because they have opted to stay put instead of moving into another home right now, even though some people are physically growing out of their homes right now, but they don't have the opportunity to have a higher borrowing cost. But so this is being called right now, it's called rate locked. So we're seeing that as an issue, but the biggest challenge today is still the few homes that are on the market. And there's, I love listening to, there's a podcast by um, this economist. He's the chief economist for First American and his name is Mark Fleming and he's, he's great. And he really explains it at the root of the problem and what the root of the causes are. And he really goes into great detail. So, Right now, we're experiencing two dynamics that are keeping this home inventory so low, and we're back to historically low inventory rates again. I mean, March is right around the corner, which I'm not quite sure where February went. Some people can fight me on that. However, (laughs) the rate loss existing homeowners are the fear. That's the one issue. And then the fear is no one, it's not even a fear. They're not finding something to buy. So I just had it happen to me the other day. I had a great couple. They were ready to go, pre-approved up to over 500000 They are ready to buy, ready to, you know, what happened is they can't find anything. Mm. So what is the issue that we're experiencing is they decided that instead of looking for their forever home, right now they're going to look for their starter home which is fine because they, they said their rent is up in April and they are not, they're not renewing their leases again. They don't want to. The rent is going to go up. They have, you know, taken a break from looking for the past year, but now their whole thing is they're, they're not willing to pay somebody else's mortgage for another year when they know they're pre-approved. They're, they never were pre-approved at the lower rates. They were only ever approved at the five and the sixes. So this is fine for them. And, the issue is we can't find them anything. So they're finding a starter home, which is fine. So they're just going to, you know, at least they own it and they can keep it and rent it out, which they're thrilled with that. And then they'll have more equity for them to find a house within a year or two years from now. So they're okay with that. But that's what we're kind of seeing too. Like our people are kind of giving up on finding a house that, you know, is their forever home or we're seeing the opposite too of people that were like, Oh, I'm going to look for my three to five year plan home. Well, no, you're probably, you might not be looking for that. You might be looking for your 10 to 15 year plan or however it might go. So we're seeing that being things that is happening a lot. People are switching to what they're looking for. 
Um, but the fear of not finding something to buy is what's really, you know, a big problem right now because it's holding back a lot of potential sellers right now because they themselves can't find something to buy. So, you know, we have a lot of people that Mm -hmm. need to move up and get out and they've had to sideline what they're looking for because they can't find what they're looking for. So they're, they're ready to sell and it's not that they're on the fence. It's just that where are they going to go? So... The issues that you experience that you experience obviously with having a supply of homes for sale, and how crazy is this? I never thought I'd ever say this. It's lower than the pre-pandemic level. Wow! I don't know who's been listening wow. to our show for how long, and that's all we talked about. I feel like during COVID, like during the height of COVID, how we had no inventory, mm-hmm. no inventory, inventory, and then here we are in 2023, and it's still a real issue. So what? Why? I mean, I I don't understand. We just never got caught up. Never got caught up. But why are people not willing to list their homes? I mean, I understand what you said about they have no place to go to. But from a lot of people, um, I think you talked about this last month, about they end up moving in with parents or doing something temporarily until they can find something. But my question was, too, when you were talking about the couple you just mentioned, they are pre-approved and they're ready for a $500,000 house. How many of them do you find on the market? How many are there? Well, it's, that's not that... So they're pre-approved up to 500, but they're not, they're not looking to use their full qualification, which a lot of people don't. So they're really okay. looking between that 350 and 400, which is a very, very, very common price range in our area. So that's putting them into that pool of a lot more people in that, you know, and and the good thing is that they're handy. So they're able to find like a little fixer upper for now and, you know, make it their own and maybe make some money off it in a couple of years or keep it as a little investment property and rent it out. So they're, they're in a good spot. It's just that, you know, they really won't be able to, stay there much longer past their plan of wanting to have a family and really settle down. So, you know, that's the other thing too. You got to think people are looking to move because they're growing and, you know, what are you going to do for people? You know, where you have to have a roof over your head. You have to have people in some kind of like living quarters. So, you know, like yes. that's the other yeah. thing too when you have these growing families and everything. So, you know, it's just crazy that I never thought I'd be reading and listening to blogs and talking to people and, you know, again, like I signed on to the MLS the other day. The first day I couldn't, it was 14 new properties. Six were rentals, two were land. And then, you know, you have the other ones, like seven new properties the other day. So, but it's like, it's a mix of everything. That could be commercial, that could be rentals, that could be commercial leases. So you're really dealing with a whole bag of tricks, you know? So that's the mm-hmm. other thing. But hopefully too, you know, some of the inventory that was sitting for a little bit during the holiday season, it's going to start to go. And, you know, the showings are really starting to pick up. But the bottom line is, too, right here, that the two issues we're experiencing are the rate-locked homeowners and the fear of not finding something is what is keeping our inventory low. So we have so many buyers out there, which is crazy. And the, the thing uh, is, too, I have to say, out of, like, probably the buyers I'm working with, 50% of them have a house to sell. Not that it's contingent on finding a house, but once they find something, they're going to be able to list their house. But, you know, when you're putting mm-hmm. a bid on a house 
that you and six other people have a bid on. It only goes to one person. So, you know, hopefully you're getting <laughs> a bid of somebody that has to list their house, I guess, that wins it, you know? So it's really, it's just a crazy circle and a cycle that's just like, it's it's just crazy. I love it, I it, but I we need your houses, I guess. <laughs> I keep begging at this point. <laughs> yeah, I also heard today, um, I think it was on the Today Show, that they were talking about that the growing trend is again the old uh, mother-in-law suite but they're mm-hmm. talking about older not older older but you know uh, uh, parents who have a, adult younger adult children with either a new, newly married or smaller younger family parents are moving in with their children not the opposite as it was in the pandemic when everyone was moving back to the parents now for cutting costs and other things and for help with babysitting and all of those kind of things, the, the, a lot of parents are now moving in with their children. Do you see any of that or the need for an additional, like a, a mother-in-law's area or any of well, other? Well, yeah, definitely. Oh, yes, that's definitely happening. But, you know, what's also happening, too, is people are moving back here. Now, I've had this happen three times. People are moving back here and then... I guess it would be the similar situation. They're having their parents come, and not because they want their parents' approval, but they're having their parents come because their parents are going to be living with them at some point in time, and they want them to like the house, too, because they need the help. Because a lot of people started making going back into that office mandatory, but a lot of people are used to the cost of living here. So then how do you have this big, beautiful property here with low taxes, and, you know, you don't have to go back into your office five days a week, maybe two or three, but then you have your parents It's cutting down on the cost of babysitting. You're buying these huge homes. So it's, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. But, yeah, no, I'm definitely seeing that. I just had that. I just closed on a property last week that the parents were moving in. Granted, these people are going to be living between here and Germany, but they were making sure that whatever they bought, the parents liked it too. Yeah, I think it, that makes sense. And we were talking about that today when I was getting my nails done. Um, we spoke about to my friend, uh, who does, the girl who does my nails, and we were talking about living with people. If you look at these things years ago, it was very My grandmother lived with me after my with my mom and dad, and she was like my second mother, and I loved her to pieces. Um, and... my grandpa died, she moved in, and all of these other cultures, like the Asian community, and a lot of these these families live together from the get-go, and it's just a very common thing. Mm -hmm. It is. I like it. I like the idea. I really do. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens, but I think, Leah, um, the need for families, the need for the, and like you said, it's a catch-22. People want to go. They'd sell their house. It's not that they don't want to sell. They just don't, unless they're building somewhere, they don't know where to go because the inventory is so low. So that's, that's, that's kind of what happens. I mean, these kind of things happen in a lot of different markets. So it's nothing you're not used to, right? Oh, not, not at all. It's something we're used to all the time. Yeah, Leah. Um, what, for what Laurie just said, that is another question that I had uh, for you. But what I've noticed that we get these this information all the time from um, economists about the uh, the new housing starts, 
And I'm just wondering if that is something that, is that going on around here? Are there new developments being um, started somewhere or is that just kind of like a dying thing? In our no, area. I mean, they're definitely starting them, but they're also adding on to them. So they're they're more so doing like phase two, phase three, phase four. Like oh, you're seeing more okay. of that, but it's still a development, but they're adding on to the development. Okay. I, I, I wish we had more developments, but we need more land. So that's the other thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. I, I thought that um, I, I don't see it. I don't see any new houses going up anywhere. It's just maybe along my path or the things that, that where I drive, I don't see anything like that. And I just wondered if there is much of that going on, especially in the Abingtons because of the school district, you know, everybody wants mm -hmm. to live in the Abingtons. Is it, is there anything going on that you know of that's, um, you know, they can't build them fast enough? <laughs> well, I mean, there's still a chain supply incident it, or, you know, oh, there's still yeah. chain supply issues. So we're also, waiting you know the people you're building houses and you're getting time frames but you're really like you know and to no fault of anybody but we're behind on subcontracting and supplies and all that so you know that really does that pulls into an issue too and then you know also don't forget people are buying these houses wanting like these little bathrooms or something done and there's not enough work either for that so you know there's definitely mm -hmm. definitely some struggles we still have to get past for sure Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks. We're well, going to take a break. You know, the next time I talk, I could tell you that there's a million things on the market and price is going to be Yeah. All right. Well, Leah, thank you once again for um, uh, coming on and talking about what's happening in the world of real estate. How can anyone reach you or anyone at ERA? You can call us at the main office at 570 587 9999 or you could reach me personally at 570-947-9250. There you go. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Leah. We'll see you next month and uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. Hi, my name is Lynn S. Evans, CFP, co-host of The Laurie and Lynn Show. I am the managing director of a new business, Women of Substance, LLC, a financial planning firm dedicated to the specific financial needs of baby boomer women. I help them navigate through widowhood, retirement, divorce, and job loss. Send me an email at lynn at lynnsevans.com and let me know how I can help you. I'm also the host of a podcast, Power of the Purse, available on more than 30 sites, including iTunes, Stitch and Google Play. We record these lively conversations with women who've been there and have great advice to give others so they don't go down the same dark holes. And we feature some experts who share some great ideas to be prepared before you have to face these transitions. And we have a whole lot of fun. Please don't let the fear of not knowing about personal finances stop you anymore. I am here to take the confusion and mystery out of money. Go to my website, lynnsevans.com, and see how we can set up a time to talk or browse around the many blogs and other free info on the site. Remember, money's not the enemy. Your ignorance of it is. Business Banking at Fidelity. We have a great relationship with Fidelity. They're like family with us. They're right next door to my business. If there's ever a problem, just one phone call, I don't even have to go to them. They come to me. It's great. I love being in the business. This was meant for me. We're very busy. I'm running every day, and I love to stay busy. So that's why I need a bank that's going to be there for me when I need them. 
Back in 2006, we were having a problem with our lease in our other building. We were looking for a place to go. We stumbled upon this, this location. It's right in the heart of downtown, right in the, the middle of the city, and it happened to be right next to Fidelity Bank. They went out of their way for us to get this building. It was wonderful, and it's been a great relationship ever since. I have a business line of credit with Fidelity that gives me buying power. My credit card machine runs through Fidelity. My checking account, uh, my payroll taxes, they take care of it all for me. I bank with Fidelity, don't you? Member FDIC. Here's Lori and Lynn. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show, and I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising, PR, and special event business. And I am Lynn Evans, and I am the Managing Director and Certified Financial Planner with Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And our second guest expert is today is Donna Kane, who is the branch manager of the Green Ridge branch of Fidelity Bank. And she's been there for three years, with with the bank for three years. And she has a lot to tell us about Fidelity's community involvement. So welcome again, Donna. This is, she's a repeat performer. <laughs> yeah, I think this is my third time on Live with Lori and Lynn, and I'm happy to be back. Yay! Okay, <laughs> so tell us about what's going on with uh, Fidelity Bank in this community. A lot of noise. Absolutely. About it. All good. So much noise. All good things. Uh, so first, I really just wanted to share with everyone our vision as a bank. Um, we are Fidelity Bank. We are passionate about success and committed to building strong relationships through exceptional experiences. We commit to be the best bank for our bankers to work, our clients to bank, our shareholders to invest, and for our community to prosper. And that's the piece I really want to talk about today is that we want to be, and I believe we are, the best bank in this community for our community to prosper. Um, if you've all seen in the news recently, uh, Fidelity has made a commitment to donate uh, to NeighborWorks in, in West Scranton, along with Garrity's. Uh, we're doing like a six-year commitment uh, to donate to the NeighborWorks program, which is focused on revitalizing the West Scranton neighborhood, uh, which is right down the road from here in Green Ridge. So it's very exciting. Mm -hmm. Anything Anne, to say about that, Laurie Cadden? Yes, I do. West Side is the best <laughs> side, Donna, just so you know that. <laughs> And secondly, my husband is uh, my husband was born in Westside, so he'll tell you the same there thing. There you go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Your bank, your bank is right there on in the on, at the site of the old St. John's Church and the St. John's School. And funny, I was just showing a picture uh, to another one of Westside's finest, Phil Satil, who is our mailman here at Broadway Theater. And he, we, I showed him a picture of me in front of, in 1974, in front of the old um, St. John's School that was right around the corner on um, Luzerne Street. And then your bank is where the church was um, on the facing North Main. So um, mm -hmm. you've got you've got a great location where you're at, Donna, in in West Scranton. So that's good. And like any branch, everybody works together, and that is a wonderful um, 
thing that's going to happen. NeighborWorks is a great organization. They're down now, their headquarters, I used to be on that board years ago. They're down in their location that they purchased a few years ago, right off of North Main, sort of at the end of west side bordering Taylor, but I think they're still in the 504 zip code. So that, that's a good thing. So yeah, great, yeah. great opportunity. Absolutely. And what's great about working for Fidelity Bank, uh, we really try to give back to our communities, you know, maybe not just Dunmore, maybe not just Westside, but for example, you know, I'm the branch manager here in Greenridge. So I make sure that, um, you know, I can personally assure that donations are made in my footprint as well. So we really are about the community as a whole. Um, and we're just, we really take pride in giving back to the community in that way. So we have our grants, our donations, as well as uh, we expect all of our bankers to participate and give back to the community as well um, by volunteering. That's something that we're really passionate about also here at the bank. It's a great place to work because you just get to be so involved. And Donnie, what are I some know of the things. Go ahead, Laurie. No, go ahead. I was going to say, what are some of the things that um, Fidelity Bank has in store for the community? You and I were talking offline, Donna, about um, the ice cream truck because that's always been a fun thing. But what what are the things on a, uh, let's just say on a regular basis, not main events, one of the things that Fidelity Bank does to get involved in the community. Absolutely. So on top of those larger donations and sponsorships and the, the volunteer hours that our bankers put in, um, we've, we've donated thousands of hours in, in time of, of volunteering. Uh, we also offer monthly random acts of kindness. Each branch uh, does at least one random act of kindness every month within their footprint, their community. Uh, we also offer the Sweets of Treats truck. Right now we're serving hot chocolate. Um, I, I want to say in May we switch over to ice cream and, you know, that's something that is also free for the community. Uh, you know, we schedule that in advance and, and have that, that Sweets and Treats truck show up and, and serve free ice cream or hot chocolate. So uh, a lot of great things. Usually community events, uh, people request it in advance and, they, and then we book oh. it. So it could okay. be, um, yeah, it could be like a, a class day or, you know, maybe um, a, a dance recital or anything, really, a community event, um, a block party. You know, they, those businesses would reach out to us or we would reach out to them and they book the truck. Mm -hmm. And then we're there for a couple mm -hmm. hours handing out the, the ice cream. It's really nice. And Donna, you've done this for Hospice of the Sacred Heart for our last couple walks. Now, we have not had the walk in the last couple of years, but this year, October 7th, we are doing it again at McDade Park. And prior to that, um, I think it was 18 and 19 years, 2018 and 19, mm -hmm. the truck was there with the sweets after every word. So that worked out beautifully for us. And it's, it's always so good. Is Sue still uh, running the truck and driving around or is there somebody else? Uh, there's a few different people that we have that are employed part-time to do it, yeah. Um, and I, I I, don't think I know Sue. I dealt okay. with Carol. She's one of my favorite drivers. I've dealt with oh. her a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah Why? You just Did she give out more? 
<laughs> when she gives out two, she'll she'll sneak a second one in for you. And that's, that's why right. Donna's saying that's that. right. <laughs> yeah, you get a two for one deal. I like that. Exactly. I like that a lot. Yep. <laughs> and then um, also to be noted, uh, the bank also participates in the EITC contributions, uh, so educational improvement tax credit. Uh, so we provided over $800,000 in EITC contributions so far um, this year. So that's very exciting that? news as well. Mm-hmm. So it's educational improvement. Yeah, it's a just a little overview of that. It's an educational improvement tax credit. So uh, pretty much educational institutions can apply for this credit. It's approved by the state, um, and then we can send out those donations. Um, it's just another way Fidelity gives back to our communities. Mm-hmm. I also remember uh, a while ago, and this is a couple of years ago, there was a program that uh, Fidelity did to try to help uh, teenage financial literacy. And it was yes. a program that was done in the schools, I think. Is that still something that's legit or did that die with COVID? A lot of things died with COVID, but we brought a lot of things back. Uh, so I know that we're back in a lot of businesses doing our fidelity at work uh, component, which is similar. I don't know if we've been back out in the schools yet, but we do offer our teen spending product here at the bank that a lot of other banks don't offer, uh, which when those clients come in with their teens, we really take the time to educate them one-on-one when they come in, which is really great. Oh, uh, weren't there special kinds of uh, uh, savings accounts or something that, that one could open uh, yeah, we, we children? Yep, the green team savings accounts, we still yeah, offer those. Yeah, yeah. And we recently held a green team event here in the Green Ridge branch uh, last year. It was in the spring um, where we had like a face painter and the ice cream truck was here. And we did some crafts with some of our kids. And it was, you know, to have an invitation to that, you needed to have the, the green team account. And we sent out a mailer to invite the community into the branch to have that event, which was also very successful. Mm-hmm. And Donna, I think it's also important to note is, and we've talked about this before, but this it so bears repeating the the allowance of the time for employees to put into the community um, and how necessary the bank feels that giving back, as you're saying, to the point that they will actually give you so many hours as an employee per year to to donate your time during a work day, possibly, or wherever it is that you can give back. Can you talk a little bit about how important that's become and the expectation there? Absolutely. So it's one of my biggest passions and it's one of the things that led me to Fidelity Bank on my professional journey. I wanted to have more flexibility to help my community uh, around the things I was passionate about. So as a manager, we are given 40 hours of paid time to volunteer. So that means I can go help at an event with the PTA at my child's school. 
Uh, I can, I'm on the board for Marley's mission. I could go volunteer with Marley's mission, um, you know, during the work day and, and use my time that way. It's so flexible. And then all of our other employees are given 24 hours of paid volunteer time, um, with the minimum expectation that every employee volunteers seven, at least seven hours of, um, volunteer time of some sort during the year. Um, that's like a minimum expectation that we really strive for, for all of our bankers to be involved. And it could be uh, a volunteer event that the bank offered. There's always emails going around, sign up for this, sign up for that. Let's do the Friends of the Poor food giveaway. That's a really popular one. Um, so there's always events that we share, but a banker could also say, hey, I want to volunteer here for the day. And, and, and we allow them to do that and we empower them to do that. And it's just very exciting. Yeah, I think it's great, and I love that you keep doing that, and that is just, to me, um, it just speaks volumes to the um, bank and what they believe in and talk about being a community bank is putting your money where your mouth is, is not only are you um, hoping that people will bank with you and do business with you, but you're also then willing to turn around and have your employees give to this wonderful community we live in, and there are so many needs out there. So good for you, good for Fidelity, and uh, we say it again, it's just it's an incredible opportunity for people to be able to do that and the organizations within that get to have these, uh, you know, wonderful people out there helping them. So, Donna, how can someone get in touch with you if they needed to talk to you or just in general with Fidelity Bank? Absolutely. So if they want to get in touch with me, stop into the Green Ridge branch. I am here. I could also be reached at Donna.Kane at FDDBank.com or you can call me at 570-348-4375. If you want to get in touch with Fidelity, uh, you can contact our contact center and that phone number is 570-342-8281. There you go. Well, Donna, thank you. As always, you're a wonderful guest. We hope to have you back again. Keep up all the good work in Greenridge because, as you know, I was actually just there today. That's the branch that I use. And yes, it is. Always <laughs> everybody is so kind in there. I, I There isn't one person that any time I go in, they're not kind and lovely, and not just to me but to everyone else. So thank you for that. Keep up the good work. Let all of them know we love them, and I particularly love them for how kind they are. So thank you, and we will see you again soon. Have a great weekend, Donna, and everyone else out there. Enjoy your weekend, and uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Be safe, and please be nice. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 